made a pork roast, so. You made a pork roast? Yeah. Or did you cook a pork roast? Did you roast a pork roast? I mean, it's in my crock pot. When you say you made a pork roast, like I don't, I feel like that has a different connotation to it. I use some, I use some of my fresh herbs from my herb garden. So, is that actually working out for you? Yeah, it's nice. It's the whitest thing you've ever said. Well, I know. Your herbs from your herb garden. Yeah, but they're nice. They smell good. What's the most privileged thing you've done since quarantine? Uh, I got to go to law school online. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, that's, that's a pretty good one. <laughs> like, in, my, in my office, in my apartment, on my MacBook. Like, what do you mean? It's I all privilege. Law school, period. Like, I had cucumbers brought to my door because my clean water didn't taste good enough. You might win. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, might, that might be worse. Like, Especially, like, I was thinking about, I'm like, there was a time where like, I didn't have a roof. There was like, like, I, was, like I remember. <laughs> or a bed. Like, was, or a bed. Yeah, there was a long time, right? That went way further after not having a roof. I didn't have a bed for a long time. I didn't need one. You learn. And then when I think about like, I was like asking my wife to pull up her phone. Like I wasn't even going to do it myself. My, my wife did it for me. <laughs> <laughs> to order cucumbers because I like our water just uh, you know it just needs something because having you know hydration needs, wasn't good you know enough. What it needs a cucumber. No one thinks that. No one. You know <laughs> I love cucumber that? water. Forty year olds that live in Silicon Valley. That's who thinks that. Yeah, like, and you know what? They're right. <laughs> Stepford Stepford wives. That's who. They're right that. about their app ideas, and they're right about cucumbers <laughs> and water. There is nothing tastier. I. You know what? At least do you not like, like cucumber water? I don't know that I've ever had it. Go to, okay, go to your herb garden, grab a cucumber. I don't have a cucumber. In a, cucumber's not an herb, first of all. Well, I don't know. I don't need to know. I can press the button on my phone and it gets brought to me. Why do I need to know what an herb is? Oh, my God. <laughs> Knowing things is so, like, 20th century, okay? I. You know what? You're not wrong, so... That's why God invented the internet. I can press the button and people tell me what I don't know. It's wonderful. Seriously, you don't like cucumbers and water? I have never had it. You should try it. You should try it. You should press the button on your phone. Have people bring you cucumbers. I'm okay, I think. Is your water clean? Yeah, I have a filter on my water, on my tap. There are certain times where that doesn't matter. Well, hopefully it matters here. But also the water here is fine anyway, I think, so... I like that. I think that you threw in there. Like, listen, I well, don't actually. Know. So we have a Brita, but our fridge is not big enough for all of the groceries and the Brita. So see, now that's pretty privileged. <laughs> like, I have so well, many groceries, I can't. It's put because them all in my fridge. I only shop at Sam's Club, so everything is like massive quantities. It's not really like intentional. It's just that saves me having to go to the store. See, that's how you know you're truly from the Midwest, and you're like, we're going grocery shopping. Oh, where are you going? Oh, to a warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Literally. Literally just a big warehouse. Oh, you got a bushel of apples? That's okay. I got a pallet. <laughs> Someone had to back up a truck full of groceries <laughs> to my home. That's how good I shop, okay? Kyle's always like, why do we need this much cheese? And I'm like, because it just comes this way. Like, why are you complaining? <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Why do we need so much cheese? <laughs> because the cheese drawer, because everyone has a cheese drawer, I imagine. Is no, no they don't. You can't people open like it. me and you who have cucumbers in their water have a cheese drawer. Even when we were poor, I had a cheese drawer. <laughs> Priorities. 
Shit's not good without cheese. <laughs> so, I agree with you. So speaking of cheese, <laughs> this is right in the feels, the nostalgia-ridden podcast where we talk about all of the things that hit you right in the feels. So it's that pressing that nostalgia button. It's like, hey, I need a good cry. Let's watch this episode of this one show that was on for a year in 1999. That's what this show remember. is all about. A walk it's, to remember. It's a movie a walk to remember. Uh, several of my college roommates came in one day and I had just been feeling pent up and they came in from the bar and I was just crying watching it by myself and they said did you put this on just to cry and I said please leave the room now (laughs) (laughs) see I I'm not I'm not a big fan of that one but what I do is I watch all of the 90s uh like end of the school year, like graduation party movies, like all of those, like this is going to be our night guys. Like all those movies, like can't hardly wait. And, uh, that makes you cry, but a cancer girl does not. No, they get really. married. Terry. Yeah. But then she dies. Like, I don't care. Like <laughs> what's wrong with you? I just anyway, don't like that movie. It would uh, like the big reason why it's not today. the big reason why it doesn't hit me in the same feels is because I don't have the nostalgia for it. I didn't see a walk to remember until I was like 20. It's still sad. Cancer is still sad. What's wrong Cancer with you? Cancer is sad. The acting isn't. Wasn't that Mandy Moore? Yes, it was Mandy Moore. Yeah, she's right fine. on the okay. right on the hype of her first CD. <laughs> I'm more nostalgic for her CD than I am for a walk to remember. Can you tell me a hit from her CD though? I can't. I can't think of anything no, that she said. Real quick though. I just I just picture her from Scrubs. She was on for a season. She dated Zach Braff's character. Really. Yeah, I, I, I don't JD remember. What's his name on that show? She has released an album in 2020. She released an album this year? Yeah, it's that's what it's saying on albums. When what? I it. Yeah, I listen. The internet I thought she was lie to me. hanging out with Milo Ventimiglia. When oh, she, she was entangled too, so you know her. Some stuff. Yeah, no, I know she's entangled, but I don't yeah. see her face in that. That's a animated song- movie. The song Crush or Candy, I think, are a couple of them that she Crush had. or Candy. I got yeah. nothing. Anyway. The only candy that matters from the 90s was... Aaron Carter. Aaron Carter's cover of Candy Girl. See, exactly. Listen, this is why we're friends. Because you completely understand. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're still caught in the same year. You know... <laughs> And also, like, we didn't have that on CD, you know, because that would have been crazy. We had it on the little chip that came from McDonald's that you put Dude, into... The Hit Clips. Hit Clips, thank you. You had it on Hit Clips, which only played 30 seconds of the song. The first 30 seconds. That's all you <laughs> Better needed. hope it was a good one. That's all you needed. <laughs> it got me through the life, okay? <laughs> you what could, happened and to you Aaron could... Carter? Did he do meth? I feel like he did meth. I he just have on, a feeling about it. I think he was on Dancing with the Stars. No way. Aaron Carter was on Dancing Without the Stars? That doesn't seem fair because he had that boy band. Um, oh, he's got a face tattoo. Oh, that happened. Oh, <laughs> okay. He was oh. definitely on Dancing with the Stars, yeah. That's unfair because he had, he had boy band training. And boy bands know how to dance. Get this. He was on Dancing with the Stars 11 years ago. That's how oh, long Dancing, Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> we could have a nostalgic podcast just for Dancing with the Stars. God, we're fucking old. <laughs> Anyway, um, okay, listen, I have two children that can talk, okay, and nothing has made me feel older than when you said Dancing with the Stars is on for 11 years. Oh, it's been on longer than that. He was in the ninth season 11 years ago. <laughs> 20 years? Dancing with the Stars has been on for 20 years? Uh, Jesus Christ, how long have we been out of high school? Ah, my body hurts. I feel like I got gray hair just you saying that. Okay. Sentence. 
no, you want to, you want to know what's sorry? <laughs> My daughter saw a cassette tape. <laughs> we were, I don't remember what we were watching. I think it might have been uh, Digimon. And she saw a cassette tape and she goes, Daddy, what is that? Oh, Jesus I, Christ. I, I had a heart attack. <laughs> I'm oh. trying to explain to her analog like media. Why, why even bother? Why even bother? <laughs> it's like when you see a newspaper in the show and she's like, What is that? And I was like, No one knows. <laughs> it's an ancient way of <laughs> describing the news. Before the news was an opinion. <laughs> the, the scribes cried out. Uh, exactly. Speaking of of nostalgia in the 90s, the topic today is one of the best <laughs> shows of TGIF. Earlier today, I tweeted out that not only was it the best show of TGIF, it's still, still the best show of TGIF, and it's not even Friday, okay? And we're talking about Boy Meets World. Yeah, we are. The Boy Meets World universe, really, because it's it's got an expanded universe. It is, uh, well, <laughs> it, it spans generations. I mean, the expanded universe, perhaps not as good as the original universe, but no, definitely riding its coattails. <laughs> I'm just saying, though, like the Boy Meets World, it's not, I I can't just call it a show. It's like when you're talking about like Marvel, you don't just say you know those Marvel movies. You say the MCU because it's an entire thing. Well, once again, my dad begs to differ with that. <laughs> Your dad is a hundred, okay? Like it's I don't expect him to say anything other than you know, the one with the Ant Man and Robert Downey Jr. I mean he knows comic book like heroes. He does just... actually I, like, your dad gave me several Silver Surfer comic books. Like I'm talking a lot of shit, but, <laughs> but he just said he wouldn't refer to it as a universe, he would just refer to it as them there Marvel movie. <laughs> them there. Why does, would... why when we tell stories about your father, why does he no longer have teeth when you say when mean, he talks? He totally does. He would not say it that way. Focus. You can't. You can't keep doing this. So, Boy Meets World. Okay. Uh, Boy Meets World is one of our favorite live action TGIF shows by, by far. When it comes to the 90s, Boy Meets World is the king of all sitcoms, in my opinion. Honestly, I, I know there were things that were better, but I don't. Honestly, care. it might. It for me, it might progress further than just the 90s. It might be my favorite sitcom of all time. Really? Yeah. I mean, really. The lasting power is there for me. But what about things like like friends or I mean, How I, I Met Your Mother? Terry, I'm not going to get into a debate with you about friends um, because we've had it too many times. You friends, know, my we're going to do an entire episode on friends, and I'm bringing my I'm bringing my PowerPoint presentation. You're going to have to download it so you completely understand, <laughs> dear listeners. It's going to be a <laughs> multimedia presentation. <laughs> There's going to be a separate podcast that you have to download. It's a <laughs> companion piece, but Just we won't get it. into that here. So Boy Meets World might be your favorite of all time? All time. You know why? I, okay. Yes. Tell me why. One word. Feeny. Feeny. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Again, this is why it works. We're, we're, on, we're on the same page. Aaron Carter and Feeny. This is why we've been friends for apparently 20 years. Fuck. Oh, Stop. <laughs> All I'm saying is that man has made it my favorite sitcom of all. He has made it the best. William Daniels, you know, just William Daniels. Is he still alive? Yeah, he is. I follow him on Instagram. Oh, you follow? He's got an Instagram account. He does have an Instagram account. I feel like I haven't been doing the Instagram justice if I'm not following him. I mean, I follow yeah. everybody else on the cast. I don't know why you wouldn't. I did. I did. Listen. <laughs> He was an old man when I was a child, so I just I did not expect before Instagram was even a twinkle in anyone's eye. Okay, 
back when I was listening to hit clips. I did not expect him <laughs> to have an Instagram account. Okay, I'm sorry. It's okay. Apologies. Also, I want to say that we weren't that far off topic because Dancing with the Stars started on ABC. So. Oh, okay. Yep, bring it all together. Good, good idea. You know what? Actually, I might be making that up. <laughs> I, I just, in my head, it was on ABC. <laughs> Why are you this way? Because you know I don't know. American Broadcasting Company. See, I was right. Okay, well. I mean, that stands for ABC, thing. right? Like, that's, that's the same thing. That's just not saying it was on an American Broadcasting <laughs> Company. Uh, so Boy Meets World came out the year we were born, 1993. Correct. So we've been watching it since we were born. Contrary to popular belief, though, I was not watching it as a one-year-old. So no, <laughs> no. I so I, I my mom told me this recently. I had a hunch, but I didn't know. My mom told me she changed none of their viewing habits when they when a new baby came into the house. <laughs> I, that's partly why I don't have an affinity for PBS like a lot of other people. I was not watching like baby cartoons. They just put on normal cartoons because my sister, who was high out of her mind at the time was just like watching Nickelodeon and shit. So they were just like, well, let him watch it. My si- others, my younger, like not my younger sister, but my sister that was not the oldest, the middle child of my family was watching Power Rangers when I was one years old. So I was watching Power Rangers and that's why I have loved it my entire life. So it's no surprise. I probably was watching Boy Meets World at one year old because okay, my well, family loved this fucking show. I was not, but I could tell you that by the time, actually, I probably caught it right at the tail end. So probably like 1999, I think it ran to, Really, like yeah. the college years? Yeah, well, I so I would catch it though when it was, um, it was in a block with Sabrina the Teenage Witch with Melissa Joan Hart, obviously not the new Netflix, and right. uh, and it was in a, it was like in a four to five block or something. Yeah, it was um, some sort of syndication. Was it on Disney or one of the local channels? It was on. I want to say like ABC Family. Right, because like, like Disney yeah. Channel showed like like Boy Meets World after school for a long, long time, along with a lot of the the Lawrence Brothers, like other sitcoms they were on, like yeah, yeah. Blossom and Brotherly Love. Do you remember that one? Yes, and Home Improvement. Ah, uh, Home Improvement. The Lawrence Brothers weren't on Home Improvement. Oh, I'm thinking Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. I mean, listen, I I would say that he's in the- <laughs> You're not super far off. They're, they all look the same to me. Like <laughs> haircut. They all had that '90s haircut where it's like parted in the middle magically. Curtain. It's actually called the curtain haircut. When I was yeah, looking up like, stuff, that's not a real thing. You can't do that with your hair naturally. Uh, How does Sean do Hunter could? So... No, he could. It, it still blows blows my mind to this day. I'm watching the show, and he just pushes his hair back, and it quaffs like that. I was like, yeah. no one's hair does that. That's an alien trait. <laughs> Yeah, Disney Maybe. Channel magic. Like, if you weren't part of the Mouseketeers, you can't do that with your hair. There's just no, there's just no way. It's kind of like the Brat Pack. Like, it's like, how did they make such terrible movies after you know John Hughes stopped making shit? It's like it's yeah. a magical button you had to press. Like, you couldn't star in a terrible movie in the '90s unless you were in the Brat Pack. It's the same thing with <laughs> with people from Disney Channel. Like, you can't have that hair. Like JT. Like, listen, he's got like really curly hair, but I bet you if he were to grow it out, he could do the quaff. Hmm. It's just like a magic button you can press. Britney Spears, she cut off all of her hair, but I bet you if she had that length, she could just push <laughs> it back and it would do the curtain. I don't oh know if you know that it was on the Mouseketeers. I do, I do know that. I yeah, do. It wasn't the Mouseketeers, it was called the Mickey Mouse Club. Mouse Club, yeah. That was a little bit before my time, but I'm aware of it. Yeah, it's a thing that I can recognize existed. So back to Boy Meets World, 1993. <laughs> it was a magical year. It came out. And this show <laughs> is not only like 
groundbreaking in so many different ways, but it just did not care. It was the most meta show I think I've ever seen up until like when meta became a thing. Like when you watch Community, Community is such a meta show. Boy Meets World was doing it way before it was cool. Yeah, you know, it's in formats. It's it's going widescreen. It's going full screen. It's going black and white. It was like moonlighting, but of the nineties. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like moonlighting was really famous. Like they did a full black and white episode that was a period piece, and they just didn't tell anybody. Just randomly, the show starts, and it's supposed to be in this jazz club in like nineteen forty, and just didn't tell anybody. Just put Bruce Willis in black and white, and now he was a detective, like in a noir movie. <laughs> And they everyone were, thinks something's happened to their TV. No. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Guess what? They had Orson Welles do the almost the exact same speech he did at the beginning of War of the Worlds, where he goes, listen, your TV sets are not broken. We are doing this. It is an experiment of television and magic. And he does this wow. like whole thing. Orson Welles, of all people. and But like, Boy Meets World? No Orson Welles. He was already dead by then. So they were just like, <laughs> you know what? This episode's about World War One. Good luck. <laughs> But the show was so meta, like they would they would like they would comment when they would replace a character's actor or when they would cut out a character completely for several seasons. They would bring them back and make a joke about it. Listen, when they when they did Morgan like that, broke my heart. What? Okay, you were a lot older. I did not care. I was like, yeah, they had a sister. What? The big one that I noticed is was when all of a sudden Eric was a joke. Okay, that's the one that gets me like the worst though. Like he started out, he was gonna be his own character, he was gonna do you know whatever. He was gonna be like a ladies, but he was gonna have like more than just being slapped. There's a whole episode where he almost has sex in his parents' like bedroom, and the only thing that stops him was Corey. Yeah, exactly. And they (laughs) talk about like the parents were like, "What would have happened if he wouldn't have showed up?" He's like, "Well, I mean, I can give you two guesses." (laughs) The other thing is like, I mean, he didn't get into college because he had like flaked off. It showed real consequences for him, like being obsessed with like his looks and girls and stuff like that and then all of a sudden it was just switch and he was just like the slapstick humor guy who had occasional occasional deep moments you know well isn't the theory he was going to go upstairs to kill himself in one episode and when he came down he was just going to be happy-go-lucky and it was like i've changed how my i'm going to perceive the world that's the theory i don't know if I put any credence into that. I mean, so like, the show definitely... He's, he's said that there was nothing like that. That was just a thing that they changed. Yeah. And, and like, the, the showrunners have been like, no, like, it was just, this is how we're writing him now. But see, again, that that's another thing, though. Like, this was the first time I really knew about showrunners with Boy Meets World because of how vocal they were about the stuff they wanted to do with the show. Right, the direction they wanted it to go in. Yeah, like, it was just little things like that. The show was was groundbreaking in those ways. And we can talk about like lots of extra special episodes that they did. But it was also one of the first shows that we watched as a family and no one was making a concession. Right. Everyone was having a good time. Exactly. Like, like there was a lot of family shows back then, and especially like in the 90s, one TV households. That was, you know, that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Not everyone had a tablet or cell phone. Really, you had nothing else. If somebody was watching the TV in the living room, that was what everyone was doing. Or you were, I don't know, reading outside like a nerd or something. But I feel attacked slightly. <laughs> but on Friday night, everyone was watching the show together. And Boy Meets World was not a show where like, oh, I'm just going to sit through this until Buffy the Vampire Slayer pops on or whatever. Right. We were all excited to watch it. I agree. I watched it differently, though, like, because I said I caught it, like, after, so I caught, like, reruns, and it wasn't just on Fridays. It was on, like, Monday through Thursday or something like that. Right. And I watched it by myself. Like, my parents um, worked weird hours, and so I 
would get off the bus and I would like make myself a little snack with only the toaster or the microwave. I never used the stove. Mom and dad, if you're listening, I know that I wasn't allowed to. And then (laughs) you started the fire. (laughs) And then I would go up to my room and like do my homework or whatever. I was in like first and second grade and I would do my homework and then just uh, like watch, watch with that. So it was almost like I became part of like the Matthews family. I was so invested because it was, four or five days out of the week that I was like with these people you know what I mean like waiting for my parents to get home or whatever living the life that they were living and because they because it was five days a week or four days a week or whatever it was the like my grasp of what was happening was still there like it was still fresh in my mind what had happened the episode before you know what I'm saying right it was that serialized content almost right but yeah but it was like you know rather than having to wait a whole week and like oh you know I'm so young and distracted as I feel all children are you know, I'm what so young <laughs> well, hair that's just coming on my head, and, and how much I know about Aaron Carter. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so for me, it was a little bit different, but it still was like, I don't know, it was like routine, you know what I mean? Like, there was no way that I was, yeah, it was, it was, it was keeping you company in the latchkey moments, right? Exactly. Like, it a was lot of those shows were on like syndication. Like that's where I fell in love with a lot of things. You come home and you turn it on. And it was just it was going to keep you company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was heartwarming in that way. Like when you watch Boy Meets World, like yeah, there's like there's cynicism and there are dark moments or whatever. But for the most part, it's a pretty uplifting show. It's pretty. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people the like some of the criticism that it faces is that like that everything is always resolved within like 20 minutes or within you know like a to be continued within like the next episode or whatever and so that's not very realistic but the stuff that they were tackling was so heavy sometimes that even if it was even if they did you know it was uplifting because it was resolved and they figured it out there were you know real consequences like when Sean's dad dies or when Turner gets in the, in the motorcycle accident you know when they almost lose when Amy and Alan almost lose Joshua even when, if like, Charlie is like, you know, his parents like drive away, like, it was like, oh, yeah, like, yeah. Not coming back. Like, there are things like that, or like when they have to move in together, like, there are lasting consequences. And uh, yes, it might have been resolved, like, there, a solution might have been found, but right? Still- presented itself, but yeah. it was still the impact of it was still being felt like through episodes and seasons, even. I mean, after Sean's dad dies, the next I think it's the next season, maybe it's the two seasons after that, but Alan is like gonna adopt you know offers to adopt sean which just brings me to tears every time but right well how like the season when like you know because his parents take off and he's gonna live with his teacher or does live with his teacher yeah mm-hmm. like like the little things like that. I mean, that's a big deal i mean yeah just leave your child with someone who they don't even know like it's a new teacher at the school like what the fuck yeah but i mean that was also kind of the 90s like that's well yeah <laughs> trusting people were too trusting <laughs> Well, like, again, as someone who is who was left <laughs> when when parents moved away, I'm like, eh, it happens. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, you live and you learn, right, Terry? Well, you live and you learn inside of a van. Like that's, that's, what, that's what happens. <laughs> so, like, that's how, like I, think I, I do connect with like all the characters on the show, but some of the stuff that happened with Sean, like, it made me it made me one realize how poor I was growing up, but also made me realize I'm like, ah, oh, there are still people that are have it worse off, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it was like, really cool. They weren't afraid to show that juxtaposition while they still both, you know, they're two, two white kids living in the Midwest. Like, there were not the same problems, obviously, that happened in other places in the world. It was still weird to show the classes like that. I had never seen oh, that. Yeah. Like, yep. Or, like, they just wasn't uber rich. Everyone they knew was uber rich. Yeah, I watched uh, the Thanksgiving episode where the, the Hunters and the Matthews come together, actually, just today. And yeah. uh, they had to do a whole, like, you know, about 
they didn't belong together and then the kids had to bring them together and yeah it was very like corny and you could obviously predict what was going to happen but to see it like played out that way especially when I was younger was something that I wasn't seeing anywhere else I wasn't getting that sort of distinction even that you know like a separation of classes could exist even in modern America that right, it was portraying to me this kid's like 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 uh little Timmy or whatever um, I still didn't quite get it. I was like, okay, so he's the one poor person they know. Like on that show, they're like, oh, listen, there's a whole class of people that were like, no, we're poor. And even like, <laughs> that was like I remember seeing that like the parents struggled like financially. Yeah. Like, yep. like when they, we talked about it earlier this week when, when Corey like realizes that his parents are not rich. Oh yeah. When he, when he uses the phrase that we're just comfortable when Alan yeah. quits his job and doesn't tell Amy. <laughs> Yes, which is like uh, that was like so interesting, and then, like Sean's talking, he's like, "Well, I'll teach you how to be poor. It'll be okay." <laughs> exactly. Well, buddy, I've got a lifetime of experience, and he was so happy-go-lucky about it, and like not like neither of them thought it was any kind of different, you know, that right. that Sean had less money than him, and that you know it would play an impact on their friendship at all. Corey was just his friend because he was his friend. I think one of the first episodes, which which was interesting because I didn't see it until later on because I was I was, you know, or I saw it, but I don't remember was in the first season when they when Corey can't afford to get a squirt gun. Oh, yeah. Yep. So like he has they do the whole time. So he's got to paint the fence, you know, yeah, yeah, to yeah. Work up the money and he was trading it in. So him and his dad can hang out like that blew my mind because like I couldn't afford to get a squirt gun. Like that was a thing. Like it that was the same, level. the same trauma right. that you had. Right. I was like, I remember. I'm like, oh yeah. Like I can't afford to do that. Like again, it was one of those things that dawned on me. Like, oh shit, am I poor? Like, <laughs> is that why there's a hole in the ceiling? This makes so much more sense now. All of a sudden. <laughs> and then also like realizing like I wasn't Corey. I was more like Sean because like my dad did not manage <laughs> a grocery, a grocery store. store and then own his own. All of a sudden they had. When they borrow the money from Harris College Fund as an aside, <laughs> I lost it every, every time. Like the genius of that, like it's just a funny line. Like now they have money to do the thing they want to do, but like, how did they save up that much money for Eric? <laughs> right. They well, must have loved him way more than Corey at the beginning. <laughs> at the beginning, maybe they just like didn't expect it, but he's really not that far behind Eric, I guess, age wise. Only three years or so. Like two or three years, because like he was he was like a junior. In high school, when Corey gets to be a junior or gets to be a freshman in high school, so maybe yeah. a year or two. I think I think it's yeah, I think it's two or three. Um, but I but like at the beginning. So here's the other thing I was sort of confused about when I watched the show. Right, I love not this isn't what I'm confused about. I love Amy and Alan. I will just like throw that out there. They are you know everything. If I was gonna have kids, they were everything I aspired to be as parents. The sort of household that they had, like the lessons that they were teaching and the way they were interacting. With kids to see that in the 90s like to be so understanding and supportive of each other and of their children in the way that they were was was like so heartening to me right. I guess like it was I don't mean my parents weren't like terrible parents or anything but it's just like the way that they tackled problems together as a unit you know what I like my parents are not divorced FYI <laughs> but like <laughs> but um I never understood if Amy worked like it made at the beginning that the first couple seasons it definitely seems like she's working and then later it's like she's making breakfast for them every morning and she's you know always at the house but she's like still dressed up like she's working but they don't ever really mention yeah, they it never either. talk about it right but at the beginning like Eric and Corey there's an episode where they think that their mom has seen someone else or yeah yeah or yes and uh 
and it's like clearly someone that she had met at work or something to something to that effect and but after that like i don't ever really see it so maybe she made a lot of money because i never understood like like grocer he should have definitely probably been more at sean's level than at the level that they were at comfortably you know and i think that's part of that's just the magic of writing like we don't care he is employed they're white they're doing yeah. fine you know what i mean like, <laughs> right exactly that's just, that was that was television especially tgif like that was not a worry your characters didn't worry about money i think that's partly why it was not groundbreaking just because of that but that added to it also the fact like the parents loved each other and like showed physical affection like a lot of it that was another thing that i hadn't seen a lot on that same block like that was that was definitely happening on television but not in a way that i saw it like on those family programs like there were Mm -hmm. several times where like you know alan's trying to get them to have sex real quick before the kids get home like that (laughs) again that was not something i saw partly because again the lack of affection at home with my parents but also (laughs) but also like that happened on tv i'm like i remember that like like i can think back as a child seeing that and going oh wow like they love each other a lot <laughs> but it was, it was just interesting to me to see see things like that. So we're already half an hour in. We might as well talk about what Boy Meets World was. If you don't know, it'd be really strange if you listened this far in and you don't know what Boy Meets World was. But the original idea for Boy Meets World was similar to like Miss Bliss, which was the original Saved by the Bell idea, where it's, it's this group of kids and they're they're spunky like uh, life coach slash teacher, which Feeny. <laughs> but really he is their their spirit guide honestly mine too though so <laughs> and so you have this whole wacky group of characters in elementary school and and then Corey, the main character and feeny their all-knowing teacher sixth grade teacher who also happens to live next door magically yeah and he's their principal yeah who eventually becomes their principal um but that's what ha- i think that's what happens when they go to uh junior high slash high school yeah, he like starts out and he's their what their history teacher, and then he's their principal, and then all of a sudden, you know, he's their teacher slash principal, the teacher slash principal. Yeah, and then he's their college professor, and I'm like, okay, man, I I love like we were talking about the meadow, like it's the last couple episodes, and they're like, you followed us around, you haven't spoken to another student in years. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they, and seeing like like when Minkus shows up in the last season, uh, and he's like, "Where were you? Oh, I was over there." And they point off camera where the where like the set was never like shown, <laughs> right? Like, like, oh my god, that was genius! I have never seen another show do that. But the, the show evolved to basically just be around the Matthews family and their core group of friends, rather than the entire class. Again, kind of like Saved by the Bell. Can you hear the fact that I'm eating a cucumber? Uh, now I can, I can definitely tell now. I just, you know, chalked it up to something with the mic, but it's making more sense now. It's more fancy now. It's what's happening. I'm bringing an air of class to this podcast. Your privilege is showing and you don't talk with food in your mouth. (laughs) Or don't podcast with food. (laughs) This is a big thing. I just want everyone to know how much better I am than they are because I have cucumbers. That's all. Well, I mean, (laughs) I don't really have I don't have a comment for that. Michigan, you want to show how good you are. You put things in your yard and I live in an apartment, so I can't put things in my yard. So you put things in your water. Yes. Okay. And then I, and I talk about them on a podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so we, we talked about what boy meets world was, why it was special. Let's get into what we love about it. So we, we talked about like why, like it was special to us, but let's talk about the actual specific things we love. I think top of that list for me is the cast. 
Like, I don't think oh, there yeah. was a single character that popped up on that show that wasn't played so funny that I can't forget them, let alone, like, played by all these actors that are totally underrated. Agreed. Wholeheartedly agreed. Like, I think the only people that broke out a little bit would be Will Friedle, Ryder Strong, and maybe you could say Danielle Fischel, uh, but only a little bit. Like, she had her moment in the 2000s, and that only didn't last. Yeah. I would say that Will Friedle is really the only one that I can attest to that has, I mean, because he went on and did Compossible, and then he, you know what I mean, like, did some other voice acting and stuff like that. Well, he's a prolific voice actor, but he also did a couple of movies. There was a couple of Disney Channel original movies, like My Date with the President's Daughter. Well, actually, I don't I think oh. I think that was actually a, a full theatrical release. But then H.E. Double Hockey Sticks. Uh, he struggled a little bit with anxiety. And that's why like he he focused more on voice acting. He also enjoyed that more. Um, but he was a prolific voice actor. He you know he was Terry McGinnis and Batman Beyond. Right. That yeah. was going to be what I was <laughs> I can't list them all. but Yeah. But I mean, I think as far as the rest of them, I think it's been uh, more minor stuff. I know that a couple of them went to college. Um I mean, William Daniels, he was like a Tony Award winning Broadway actor before this. So right. also was it, when I was thinking like the breakout stars, like Feeney hasn't started much. Like Feeney No, but he like, already had like, right. an established, you know, not I mean not necessarily a, an established like cinematic career or or even Right, like he wasn't career, rich, but, like, rich, but like he had success in the field already. Right. He was already known. Ryder Strong went on to do a couple of things like he was obviously the breakout hit as a child, you know, because of his looks like he was in lots of Disney Channel originals. He was in some yeah. other movies that I remember Cabin in the in, Woods. And yeah, exactly. But then as he got older, <laughs> he was in Cabin in the Woods. And that was the last thing I can remember him in until Girl Meets World. Did that he movie? open anything else after Cabin in the Woods? Uh, I don't think not anything that I've seen. I don't think anyway. But yeah, I think it, that, at least nothing was, that would matter, I guess. Yeah. I'm looking. I don't see anything. Yeah, Cabin Fever, The Dungeon Master in 2011. I'm looking like a and d movie. I haven't seen it, but I'm renting it right now. <laughs> Listen, it's got it's got Ryder Strong and a dude with a hoodie uh, or like a cloak on, and he's firing lightning bolts that are drawn like a sketchbook. So it's perfect for your D&D. Exactly. It got me. It got me. <laughs> it was literally as, most, as, as on brand as it can be for you. Exactly. A lot. I'm seeing a lot of TV shorts, few like episodes of television, but yeah, not a lot of things. But my point is, there wasn't a lot of breakout stars. Like this was a lot of their, not just a like like career defining roles, but also it seems to be the ones they love the most. That's why so many people came back for Girl Meets World. It wasn't a lot of a hassle. Like when you think of like some of these reunion shows, like Fuller House or later seasons of Scrubs or you know any of those reboots. Sometimes those people that are like, I'm just done. Like, yeah, I just I don't want to come back. I'm uncomfortable. I'm not having a good, you know, whereas in, I don't I can't think of a single person that that I know that publicly was like, no, I'm not coming back for Girl Meets World. Yeah, I don't think that I um, even have heard anything about like any kind of interest. Well, you know, sometimes stuff comes out. Right. Right. Whatever. Like I've never like and if you follow their Instagram accounts. I follow all their Instagram accounts. They're like in each other's Instagram stories on occasion, you know, a shout out or a comment or a like on the post. So it seems, you know to be that they really bonded as a family i mean obviously those formative years would have been for us for the younger cast at least would have been like crucial like right bond making right. time anyway so 
Yeah, and something like I feel like that's always 50-50. Like you have some people who are in a cast together that end up friends, like like the Boy Meets World crew. Also, like when you think of like people that were on the Big Bang Theory, they were all child stars at the same time. Like, yeah. like the, the two main people, I can't think of their names. The guy who played Leonard and the one that played Penny. Uh, I can't even, but they, you know, they acted together earlier on in their careers and like they grew up being friends. They dated, they were friends. So when they were going to do Big Bang Theory, you know, it was pretty easy. They were all still like chummy. And then then you get into stuff where it's like, no, we hated each other. Like anybody who was <laughs> right. like, 90210, they all hated each other. Yeah. A lot of the friends cast don't get along. It's a lot of things like that where it, it's it's not just 50-50, but it definitely skews towards it's easier to hate each other. So when you hear about a set, like everyone always says, oh, we were like family. But when you see one that actually was, it's just kind of heartening. Yeah, it, like, transcends. Exactly. From the TV. Exactly. We were talking about, like, like the cast was so strong. The people that came in later, so when you get into, which Lawrence brother was it? Oh, God. Uh, All I could think of is his name being Jack. (laughs) Yes, it was Jack in the show, but he was Ryder Strong, Sean Hunter's long-lost brother, which they did, and it just fit in. Like normally, when you hear about like a long lost brother, you're like, "Oh, this is gonna be dumb." But it was, it was fine. Matthew Lawrence. It was Matthew Lawrence. Yeah, I was gonna say. So it like they, they kind of made the cast. So when they introduced Angela and Matthew later on, Maitland Ward, like they it didn't seem weird. It didn't seem like they were like, "Oh, well, now we're just tossing in more young people because it's not as much fun to watch the parents anymore." Like like it right. felt natural. Like I was not disappointed when I'm like, "Oh, but I want to see these older, older characters more." No, it was like, oh, "Okay, this is now the cast of the show," and it felt natural. Yeah, exactly. Um, when they switched Angela from being just a recurring role to having like her own spot in the show, that was I, she was one of my favorite parts of the show. Um, she still so, is. Like she, she's like a mainstay. Mm-hmm. She, like, what do you I, think about that show? But yeah, I mean, I think it was. I mean, not just for myself, but just in general. One of the first times you see interracial relationships, especially as a child, but it was also just one of the first times on TV, and it was really positively um, received. Like she said that a lot of the messages and mail and stuff like that that she got were positive and i know that they did something i feel less well received so it was you know good to see that they had done it right and that people were reacting positively i guess it was definitely one of the first times i saw it as like a recurring thing it wasn't just a one-off episode or right right like in friends like they're like several like they're all they're all white but they would have significant others that were black but it wouldn't last very long it'd be for an arc or an episode like like star trek you know like one of the first time it happened it was in a one-off episode that was almost what if because it was uh, like it was like a spell type thing that was happening so to see it, it was like no this is like a normal part of the show it didn't feel forced it felt natural and she was a way cooler character than anybody else that they had dated that's yeah like, partly definitely why it the one-off thing she was fully realized her dad was an awesome character when i think oh. about was he a general yeah he was in the military yeah like when i think about like that character still is intimidating but also super entertaining to think about i'm sorry what you cut out a little bit I'm sorry. I w- I was also eating a cucumber too, so I couldn't okay. just come back. <laughs> I was trying to do it off camera. They're in Titan. I was just saying, like, he was such an intimidating character and interesting for like the parents because a lot of the parents were one-off jokes. Like Topanga's dad was part of the monkeys, that old band. Jedediah. <laughs> and all of his friends were the other people from the band, the monkeys. So when they thought it was a one-off joke and then it show up a lot because obviously you can't have the dudes from the monkeys. You can't afford to have them in every episode. So right. when they had her dad become not a main character or anything, but like an interesting recurring character that created 
drama that wasn't just comedic like the fact that he didn't like sean because he wasn't good enough was not a joke it was like a serious thing and they let it be serious for more than one season yeah agreed and i mean the fact that like she i her and sean like deal with real issues about if she you know feel if she wants to go with her father when he offers to take her i think to europe i want to say and and you know like Sean asks is because her dad isn't necessarily always around because he's in the military. He asks, you know, like, Oh, does he have the right really to do this? And she's like, well, he's still my dad. You know, like that whole sort of dynamic. Right. I think like, it was, like, you're just a boyfriend. Like this is my father. Right. I think it was done really well to like, to show something that at that age, you know, when they're, when they're seniors or whatever, that it's like, or not, I'm sorry, not seniors. They were in college. They were in college at that point. Yeah. College at that point. Yeah. But um, just to see, that sort of like still like as young adults because i mean as much as i thought i was growing up like (laughs) prank on me because (laughs) (laughs) so to see like the real you know to know that her time with her father would be more important than him and then ultimately for him to like set it aside i think was like an ultimate sacrifice that you then sort of see we realize in girl meets world when they attack it um when angela comes back and you're supposed to get closure from it but (laughs) We'll jump into that here in a second, just because Girl Meets World. But I do want to know, just like when it comes to like their careers, and I'm looking at this list, like not many of them were doing much. One person who has been super active, though, recently in like the last couple of years, who kind of, I I wouldn't say infamous because I don't think that's fair, but uh, uh, Maitland Ward has become somewhat of a porn star, like like a big big deal, like all over the place because like oh I was not like I was a child actress because like I mean she wasn't a child, uh, you know she was an adult, but she was young young adult, yeah, exactly. And now, now she's doing porn and like not ashamed of it. Like she came out and she was like, Hey, yeah, I'm doing this thing. Yes. I was on boy meets world. And now I do this, but also the fact that none of the cast has been dicks about it. Like she's still friends. And she, like, I, I was reading a, a whole thing with her and Will Friedle. Like it's, it's cool that even though it was a Disney channel show and, or it was ABC, but it was Disney, you know, right. owned it. Like mm-hmm. no one has been like, Oh yeah, we can't talk about that. Otherwise Disney won't give us money anymore, which has happened in the past for a lot of shows like that. Well, and even uh, even to take that further, like the whole ABC versus Disney, like ABC family had it. And then when when Disney like reacquired, like they would have the airing rights, they were going to air it. On, they omitted like certain parts of uh, certain episodes. They omitted really? three episodes en- entirely. Yep. Ones that show, I mean, one showed underage drinking, I believe, after Corey and Topanga, like break up. Corey starts yep. drinking and then everyone thinks it's Sean and whatever. And uh uh, when Corey and Topanga think that they want to lose their virginity, and there's another sexual episode I know that they omitted altogether, um, and just because they didn't, the, the content wasn't necessarily uh, right for the Disney, you know, not streaming, but airing network. Right. But then, yeah, because it was on vacation after school on Disney. Right. Exactly. But then when it goes back to ABC Family, they, I mean, there was other short things edited out too that just like made it fit like a time slot more so. Um, but it was always like suggestive, uh, suggestive comments or, uh, so some of the things that you talked about with like Amy and Alan, like, you know, the sexual sort of right. windows, um, yeah, Disney caught all that because it was not their squeaky clean image. So it's, right. it's interesting to me to see like now that now it airs on Disney plus, but for a while it was on Hulu, um, the different reactions that stars get, because, uh, I know that like Disney handling, handling fallouts with. If you, I mean, if you look at like, uh, I'm sorry, Lindsay Lohan or right, right. Miley Cyrus, like, stuff like kinda, that. Yeah. Yeah. They they kinda, to... Like for a few years, they were kind of scrubbed clean of the Disney channel. 
Right, exactly. They like have to act a certain way for so long, and then as soon as they're out, they like really break out. We're in her it this way i think girl uh, thorn did a very similar thing like she was in a couple of later ones after our time i don't even know the names of them but like I, as soon as she was free of that disney grasp she was like i'm going to do what i want and what i want to do is show you a lot of things and say a lot of words that i wasn't allowed to say for a long time <laughs> exactly exactly I mean, like, uh, Thorne, specifically, like, just to, on that point, like, she directed a couple of like porn videos like, like i guess movies i guess you would call them like porn movies but so like, like you know like like uh short films that like they premiered on Pornhub and she was like like this is something that she always wanted to do but like she was in that Disney shadow. So like it's interesting that like the entire crew was like Maitland Ward, she does porn and she's our friend. Like let's not stigmatize this. It's just again (laughs) speaks to that family mentality of well and her character was you know somewhat sexualized in the show also with somewhat like okay. (laughs) Okay. She was was the classic object of their affection because she moved in with the boys later on, like when they all went to college, and she was the third or fourth roommate. I don't remember because Sean was living there for a little while. And it was like, oh, we're all gonna fight over this girl or whatever. Yeah. And then and she, you know, played right on it, like, oh, the only thing that I am to friend is just basically a piece of ass. Right. That was a that was a shocking episode for me to see when I was younger. Like for her to basically, you know, call them like, out. I'm, on it, yeah, so. I know that all that you want to do is have sex with. Me, so it was. They do kind of backtrack on though because she does end up dating him. But well, yeah, Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Eric's just you know okay with it, but well, Eric by that point was some sort of some sort of asexual being that only existed to be a manic pixie dream girl kind of thing like <laughs> dude the place with squirrels persona like, that squirrel, he... like, <laughs> hiding hiding in the bushes at their college like, <laughs> i'm pretty sure like i can't remember the exact episode but there's a joke where like he doesn't actually attend like like someone throws it out there like does he actually go to school and like he just kind of wanders off set and i'm like oh my god is that a thing like does yeah, he, does not he actually, actually not go to school like, this, this is genius like i the show is never the ending so we talked about the cast a little bit let's talk into some of our favorite episodes because we mentioned they have a lot of extra special episodes but before we do there's going to be an ad break because we have ads because we're doing so well so we're going to take a break chelsea i'm going to have you jump off the call and jump back on and then i'll do the same thing because discord if you go too long it kind of like cuts out a little bit okay you jump off and then i'll jump on All right, now give me one second. All right, we're back. Did we did we do it? Did we did we make a million dollars yet? We made the money. And by made oh, okay. the money, I mean I'm pretty sure it was an ad for a different show that I host, so don't worry, even worry. Sometime <laughs> 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 soon. I, don't worry, your pretty little head. You don't have to cash any money. You're doing this pro bono, okay? <laughs> Much Got like it. you Is will it... when you when you represent me after law school. I was just gonna say, it's like that's not anything different. My internship this summer, unpaid. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna be unpaid until we die, probably. I I don't foresee owning anything of value for a long time, other than my cucumber water. I That's mean, where my privilege stops. <laughs> Kyle's latest kick is that he wants a speedboat more than life itself. So a speedboat, so not just like a boat. Like you're talking whitest of the white. He needs to be going on the lake at 300 miles an hour with you in a tube behind him. He his so here's the thing. He's never been tubing, and so what? I was talking about it with some other people, whatever, and he. Like, because, you know, the area that we're from, obviously, a lot of lakes, a lot of, you know, natural beauty. Yeah, even, whatever. like, we were super poor, and we went tubing, like, every day. Exactly. 
Because so, everyone, like, you knew somebody who wasn't poor and lived on the lake. Exactly. And even if they didn't like you, they were like, yeah, whatever, come over. Yeah, this is more people. It's fine. Do you have <laughs> beer? No. Do you want one? Like, it's fine. Like, we were going to charge you beer, but it's, it's okay. Just come. <laughs> we just feel sorry for you. So anyway, so he and his brother have never, have never been. And I was talking about Jackie. So his solution never... is to buy a boat. So like, he wants just... to buy. He wants to buy a speedboat. I said I have friends that live there still that have boats and we know other people that football. have boats. He said no. He wants to be able to go whenever he wants. So he wants to buy a speedboat. And I said, but what if he doesn't like it? Why not rent one and try it? I don't, Carrie. I don't listen. <laughs> At the risk of sounding like Andy from the office, like he's in for a big surprise. Like owning a <laughs> boat is no picnic. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I've said forever that I wanted a boat, not a speedboat. I enjoy fishing. I enjoy tubing and that kind of thing. But I would just like a boat to be able to have, right? So that I can go with my dad and we can fish and whatever. Semantics. He has said, as long as I have known him, boat stands for break out another thousand and we'll never own a boat. And I said, fine, fucker. I'll buy the boat and you cannot get on it. Like, But now he wants to buy but a But now, so I'm not complaining because we're on the same page finally on the boat issue. So I'm just trying to silently encourage it before his attention span shifts to something else. Well, if you if you made it this far into the Boy Meets World podcast and now you're aware that Chelsea is buying a boat. <laughs> I just figured you would edit this out, but I guess if you're going to keep I, it. I, might, I don't know. It was funny. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm still flabbergasted that. Kyle wants to buy a boat but I, you know what I'm not though because when I say it out loud I'm like that's Kyle like hell have yeah. you ever been on a boat no but listen I'm gonna be good at it like I'm gonna <laughs> love it it's gonna be great like Kyle is like at, at the risk of sounding like offensive to him he is the Donald Trump of our friend group 100% <laughs> because he just says like hyperbole and he just believes it he had never played Injustice the fighting game I play fighting games almost professionally like i am very good and i play them non-stop and he was just like oh i could beat you like okay like sure and i'm like oh have you played this before he's like oh not once like oh do you own a playstation no not once like i don't know what that is like and he was just he was convinced he convinced himself and several other people in the room like oh he was going to win this and then he did like, not surprisingly and he was like oh don't worry like i won i was the best player like i have the best words <laughs> and the best moves like we all saw it i'm like what what is this magic that you're trying to cast on us i would say that's about where the similarities with him and donald trump start oh stop. it's not no, start. where they stop <laughs> Just, but it's just, just for everyone else's benefit. Like. Well, don't worry. I will cut this part out because we're getting okay. very personal on your boyfriend. It's just fascinating that he says this shit to me. And I'm like, why do you think that I would believe you? Like, where are you getting no, this idea? I, I agree. I mean, you don't have to cut it out like for the personal stuff. I just, just for everyone listening. I know, right? <laughs> it's also like 50% of the stock advice he gives me. Like 50% of it is really good advice. I'm like, okay, I'm going to take that. And the other 50%, I'm like, why would you ever do that? And he's like, you never know. And I'm like, you should know though, right? Like you could know. That's like but, a Google away. When he's like, nah, nah, I'm not. I just I believe it's gonna be good. And I'm like, I I believe that you're wrong though, so that's still 50-50. <laughs> uh anyways, oh, back to anyway. Boy Meets World. So we talked about Maitland Ward, porn, you know, all the things Boy Meets World. So let's talk about some of our favorite episodes. So okay. earlier on you were texting me and you sent me this list of some of the most emotional. So we'll get yes. into that in a second. Like, I, I want to get to the second, but let's just talk about the one-offs that we just love just because. So okay. Plays with Squirrels, number one, is probably the top of my list. When really? he appears and he's dressed up like the spirit guide and he's in the bushes <laughs> and he's got a beard. Eric, of all people, like, I know he was silly and I know I watched it as a child, but he's still my favorite part of the show, no matter what season I'm watching. Like, it's okay. just his character was genius. The fact that they threw, like, instead of throwing in a straight man for the entire series, they just made somebody else more wacky. 
<laughs> and I like I don't think there was ever a better character play because they didn't need a serious character because they had those storylines with Sean and his family. They didn't need someone inside the Matthews family. They needed they needed extra comic relief. So let's give let's give Eric head trauma and make him a joke. And Plays with Girls is the epitome of that. It's him not attending school, torturing not only Corey, but also Feeney, playing fully meta in the show. Like Characters are like, <laughs> why is Eric in the bushes? And they're like, shh, don't worry about it. <laughs> that's, like, that's at the top of my list. What about you? Um, So I think at the top of my list is the Halloween episode with Jennifer Love Hewitt. Oh, it's it's probably uh, my favorite when they when they're trapped in the school, you know, and uh, they, there's a killer, but it's not, and it's Corey, you know, it's him dressed up trying to hurt himself and all this other stuff, and or- yeah, because it, it not only so it goes meta where it's like the like we're gonna start killing off characters. Obviously, it's just for this one episode, but we don't talk about it like that. It's not framed as a dream sequence or anything like that. It's just like, hey, don't worry, this this episode doesn't matter in the canon or whatever. Just watch it, just have fun. Yeah. So like it plays like Scream. All the high schoolers are getting killed off, and like not brutally, but like and not in like not gory ways. Like there's blood and stuff. And they make jokes about certain characters that die. Jennifer Love Hewitt is now randomly a part of their class because she was so big into was it um I know what you did last summer, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they just throw her in randomly. So like she's the object of their affection, but she also understands that they're in a horror movie because she's done it before. So she's making right. jokes about that, almost like scream. But when it starts, like the first time I watch it, right? I'm like, oh, this isn't like a dream sequence, which is you know what it ends up being, right. but. But I watch it and I'm like, what in the fuck is happening? <laughs> like, all of a sudden they're like, hey, and then like, you know, by the time that the pencil gets shoved in the first, you know, into Feeny, yes. <laughs> it, I don't, it just gets me every time, even though it's not like super plot driven or super emotional. I mean, there is like an underlying plot of Sean being insecure about the relationship. This, and- that's what I was going to tell you. Like it gets to have its cake and eat it too. It's this wacky one-off episode where they're killing characters in a semi-gruesome way while still being funny. So it, it's scary. It's funny. And then at the end, they still manage to do the thing where they teach you a lesson where it's like, it's Sean saying like, I am insecure. I was the killer the whole time. That yeah. whole thing. I'm like, wow. Like it's heavy handed. Like every single episode of Boy Meets World is like lessons. But still, the man they manage to do all of it in every episode, and exactly. that's the epitome of it. Is like <laughs> the murder episode with Jennifer Love Hewitt. <laughs> all right, your turn. Okay, so I'm, I'm looking at you. Sent me another article. Um, this one was from USA Today, and it was everything I needed to know in life. I learned from Boy Meets World. And we mentioned that every single episode has a lesson to teach you. One mm-hmm. of the things that I like, one of the ones I loved was when Corey and Topanga wanted to get married. Like they, they decided we're gonna run off and get married, and it was the show had always been true love exists. Like this was a thing in this world. They are meant for each other. It's this adorable thing, but it was the show pulling back on the only relationship they didn't like push on like almost at all. And it was them going, Hey, you're not ready for this. Like you, you do not want to do this. You're not ready. You don't understand you. You are still children in a show that kind of made it. Once you were in high school, you're basically an adult. Like yeah. they just let them do whatever kind of thing. And I love that episode. Cause it was like, it was a reality check for them. And it almost was not funny. Like there's still a few jokes, but there's a lot of realism in there. And it sets off a storyline where eventually Corey almost starts dating another girl and Topanga wants to maybe sleep with somebody else before getting married to Corey. And it sets off that whole storyline. So I really like that episode. Yeah. Well, and the whole point, like when her parents are getting divorced and she like loses all faith in, right. in love and then comes back and like, 
Amy is like, I can't give you my blessing. Like, I can't agree to this. And, and... no, it's a bad idea. She's like, I love both of you and you would be great together, but this is stupid. I will say that going off of that, uh, another one of my favorite episodes is after they get back from the honeymoon, um, yep. when they come back from Hawaii and they, he asks his dad if he can move back in with him and his dad says no. And yeah. then he, I don't, I don't remember if they get in a fight or not. It's been a while since I've seen that episode, but he's like, I'm going to, you know, do this. And he like realizes he can't provide for Topanga. And then right. they move into like the, the roach infested dorm. And it's <laughs> like, there's like a domestic something happening in the room next door and a baby. And, yeah. and he fixes the water though. And then his dad's like, you know, I would never take that away from you. Like you being able to provide for you, your family, since you thought that you were old enough to do this and whatever. And I it just like, it's emotional, but also just the fact that, like, he'd had it so easy, and his parents had always been there and said they would always be there, but then he, you know, extended he his had family. had to go back on that to, to show them that they weren't exactly. ready. Exactly, exactly. And, and ultimately that he needed to take care of his wife, that he decided that he was adult enough to get married and, and have someone else, you know, depending on him, you know, codependently, hopefully, like, but... right. Um, but you have to be able to provide. And I really love that because that was the thing. It was such a big moment for Alan when he quit his job without telling anybody. And he was like, not only was it a mistake, like for myself, I'm like, I don't know what I want to do. I was trying to, to do for one thing for myself for the first time. And I think I fucked it up because now I can't provide for my family. Like that was a real thing. So when they kind of brought it back in that episode, he's like, listen, I've done a lot of things for you. And you don't realize that it's not so easy once you have somebody else you're responsible for. Yeah, agreed. Because, like, that was a big thing for me. Like, the what in my vows for my wife, I the, the, one of the things I said was, we'll never be rich. Like, <laughs> I didn't say we'll always be poor, but that's basically what I was saying. Like, when, like, we were at dinner the other day and we were talking about the fact that I we have shared money the entire time we've been in a relationship. Because if we wanted to do something fun, it needed to be a team effort because I had nothing. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> I could. I told her I was like, I will always love you, but I will not always be able to provide. And that's that's not true. I learned my lesson. Like I've always made sure there's something there for. Her. And that's like not to like shower. It's like it's boy meets world. Like that was the idea. But like it, it helped me realize. I'm like I can't be. I can't be responsible if I'm not ready. And to be ready means you have to be responsible. And you kind of get that from Corey in that episode. Where he's like, I'm 14. Like I'm not ready for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So what's the, what's the next one? What's the next one for you? Okay, so I really like it's also an emotional one, but I really like the very last episode when um when they try to get because it's funny, but like I'm crying still when they try when Eric tries to get Feeny to tell them that he loves them and he is that brand new world? Is that the? Uh, I think it's yeah, it's like the two part end episode. Okay, or whatever. They yeah. go back in and he's like, oh, that would be like inappropriate or out of line or whatever. Right. He says. Although, like, it's not out of line to stalk them for for seven years. Right, like to follow them around. You. But they're like, but he like won't say it, and then they're like, Tina, you haven't even seen another student in how many <laughs> years. <laughs> and uh it's it's just it touches my heart still like Feeney for a long time um I wanted to teach high school not necessarily history but I mean I love history but um now I think I still want to teach and it all stemmed from like his place in their like I can 100% say like it all stemmed from his place in their life and like seeing the impact that teacher could have even if it's totally unrealistic right because it's tv and whatever but the thought that he could care so much about someone and and you know literally changed Sean's life which Sean like comes to realize like the fact that he was hard on him made it so that he would try harder even though no one else gave a damn if he was going to graduate or going to go on to college or anything you know do right. anything with his life other than live at the trailer park 
And so to see it like all come down and him still pretend like he, you know, didn't think that they were his favorites and didn't, you know, didn't love them or whatever. And right. uh, then he says it after they leave. And I just get misty eyed thinking about it. I know when they shut the door and he's like, do it like, it's like the cheers moment, but he's at the chalkboard. And like, oh God, I'm almost crying. I know. Uh, <laughs> and also that, that episode is extra sad, not just because the last one, because they give you hope. They're like, we're all going to go to New York together. I'm like, oh, the show can continue. And then it never came back. <laughs> Yeah, I but like uh, I, like I was telling you the other day when you we were talking about, it, I think that like it couldn't have ended any more perfectly than it did. Like no, even if they would have awesome. went to New York, yeah, the ending is like it's full closure. Like it's them and Feeney, which is I mean, yeah, their parents were there and yeah, whatever. But he's the one every episode that I'm seeing that's counseling them in a way. I mean, even just the, even the parents when Amy and Ellen um, after he quits his job and and they end up buying their own store, George is the one that is like, hey, my friend is having a sale down there. You should go check it out. And they go in and the sale is he's selling the store. And Amy's uh, like, this is genius. And then buys the store after she says, George mentions you were having a sale. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I'm just getting teary-eyed now. Uh, so I'll, I'll throw in a fun one. How about okay. the last episode of season one where Corey kisses Topanga? That's a good one. With when the he really like hair. the staticky hair, and he's hanging out with the misfits who they've made fun of, like meanly for an entire season. Minkus and the other kids. There was like, oh, those are the freaks at table nine, in the words of the <laughs> wedding singer, you know, or the mutants <laughs> right? at table nine. I think he said, but like, like he's just messing with them, and then you know his hair won't go down, and so he realizes he has to sit with the freaks and realizes like yeah but Topanga has always been awesome and even though you were a jerk and weird like she was always your friend even though she's a hippy dippy chick and she kisses him and that was like one of the sweetest things I had seen as a kid like that kind of blew my mind partly because like I hadn't hit puberty yet and I was like a girl would want to do that even though my hair looks like this (laughs) but like that was just like a really sweet moment and it carries over like when you see them getting together it is that movie magic of like oh they you know they've been basically dating since junior high but then they get married magically. But also it made sense for those characters, like how sweet it was. Yeah, I agree. It's what I, I imagine would have happened in My Girl if the kid wasn't murdered by all those bees. Okay, why would you bring up My Girl? That's another one. I, I can't watch that shit. Because what happens it, in My Girl 2? Anything of interest? I haven't seen it, Terry. I Does, watched the first one and I was like, Does why somebody else I... get murdered by bees, do you think? <laughs> Murder hornets, but pre-2020. Right. Okay, so speaking of My Girl, do you watch Veep? No. The main girl from My Girl is a main character in Veep, and Veep is all about just, like, saying the most horrific things. Not just, like, swears. Like, they say, like, horribly mean things to everybody. That's, like, the joke of the show. And Mm -hmm. to see her say all these things after watching My Girl, I'm like, it blows my mind every time I watch any episode. I'm like, you shouldn't be saying those things. Like, like, (laughs) like, like, stop. Uh, Oh. Anyways, I also, I also really enjoy. I know it's my it's my turn still. Oh, okay. <laughs> I also really enjoy when uh, he's trying to do his history report on like the uh, Red Square. Yeah, and it's yeah. um, it's I don't remember what the name of the episode is, but he goes back in time. But it's not the black and white world. No, it's but like when you talk about the 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 Russian what, spy episode, what's the what's the what did they call it when they had to stop and put their hands over their heads like that was going to stop them from a nuclear explosion? The bomb drills. Yeah, but like they have to do that in the show. Like, if you see the white flash, you put your hands over your head. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, "What? That wouldn't help you." It's like, but they were saying that stuff to keep them calm. Like, that's always freaked me out as a kid. Because like I remember asking my mom, "Is like because 
you know, she was a kid then. And I was like, is that what you had to do? And, and like, she obviously wasn't a kid in World War II, but, but she was aware of those. Things. I'm like, oh, my mom is not like 200 years old. It's fine. Um, but, but I'd ask her and she was like, yeah. And I was like, but wouldn't they just die? And she was like, yeah, it was just to keep the kids calm. And I was and I like cried. Like, it still scares me to think about that. Like, it was just a it's like, like when you feed a kid dirt, like in the famine. Like, oh, no, it won't save them, but it'll stop the hunger pains. Like, yeah. oh, my God. And or they're just you, covering it in Boy Meets World randomly. Or when you think about, like, the oxygen on planes from when Fight Club, when they tell you to do that, so that way you're not panicking. And I'm like, what? Is that real? Like, yeah, it's real. That's why. Like, it's not because you can't breathe. You can breathe fine. You're going to die either way. It's just so you don't scream. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and <laughs> Jesus. Got anyway. Dark. Like, Boy Meets World randomly. <laughs> So we talked about the episode where he goes back back in time for the Red Scare. What about the other episode? Two of them when they go back in time to World War One. Yeah, they it's the um it's the black and white episodes. Yep. Episodes or whatever. Episodes, yeah. <sighs> yeah, those are good too. They're I yeah, mean, I, like randomly. So like they go back in time and now they're in the war. So it's them writing home letters and it shows them in the trenches. Right, and everyone else is dressed up, and it's like Casablanca or whatever. Yeah, was it was yeah. was it was it World War Two? I'm sorry, not World War One. It's been a little while since I've seen that one. Um, Boy meets world. Black I'm not confident now. White episode. I'm not confident now. You've stricken my confidence. As time goes by, when Topanga is stressed out, she is transported to a 1940s black and white setting where she doesn't remember anything about her past, and it reaches her not teaches her not to be so uptight no i don't think that's the episode i was looking for imdb that's fine we'll move along but still like it's a war-torn episode and it gets really real about like them having to go fight for their country and people are dying in the trenches seriously dark stuff for i wouldn't say for no reason obviously there was a reason but just stuff you wouldn't see in a normal tgif show right stuff that they wouldn't necessarily cover um on your on I mean I was gonna say on Sabrina the Teenage Witch because that's always what I associate it with, but honestly there was some dumb stuff in that show too. Right. Like speaking of that, how about the crossover with Sabrina the Teenage Witch when Eric and uh what was and Jack meet yeah. the witches that are there and then yeah. at the end of the episode they're like, No, oh, you wanna see a real witch and just he's just dating Sabrina randomly. Exactly. It's so it was so good for me. It was just like the epitome of my afternoons together. Like, yeah, it was pretty cool. I love that because I also loved Sabrina growing up. So let's jump on over to that bustle list. So this was an article by, let's see, Ashani Joda uh, back in 2016 on bustle. 16 emotional Boy Meets World episodes that still stand the test of time. So first off, I want to say that a lot of the extra special episodes that we talked about that we loved are on the top of this list. So right. So the first episode, number one, is Brave New World. That's the ending. Season seven, episode 22, 23. So we were right about the name. But uh obviously that's just so awesome. The goodbye to Mr. Feeney. Like <laughs> so many highlights. I don't want to list them all. Number no. two is cult fiction. That's one we didn't talk about. That's another Oh, that is a good episode. one. That is a good one. That's where Sean, I believe it's like he tries to go to college and he realizes like I, I'm not good at school, but I could be good at this college thing. But like he's gonna drop out of school to go to college. It's a dumb premise, but he's such gonna, a powerful episode. He's joining a like a cult or whatever, and he because he's not gonna be able to go to school or whatever. Oh, I was thinking of a different episode. School. No, it's he's not gonna be able to he doesn't think he's gonna be able to go to school. They did two storylines like that? 
I don't know because that's the one I think that's I don't remember if that's the one where his dad is dying or if that's the one where Jonathan has been in the motorcycle accident. Well, but it's let like let me just that's read what, what Ashana wrote. Okay, so okay. Sean was the perfect portrait of any adolescent in America. Why? Well, Sean was flawed. He wasn't True. a perfect middle class human being, and as a result, he was really lost. Even though he had a core group of people who always came to his rescue, it was ultimately Sean who needed to find himself in the midst of the world's chaos. When Sean joins a cult in this episode, he starts looking for his real self in all the wrong places. Sadly, it takes something tragic to him to realize that, and that is when his dad dies. So I remember Ed reading that, yeah, because that's what okay. brings him back. Because that's when Corey like gives him the hug. But they did almost the exact same storyline, minus the cult and the dad dying a season before, where he starts attending a college course because he's accidentally mistaken as a college student, and it's a philosophy course, and he's like has some really good insight. He's really good in it, yeah. Yeah, and so and he also, stops going to to high school. It's not. It's when Mister Turner gets in an accident. Damn it. I just Googled it. Well, it's like his dad, though. That's who I think of in that. And also, Mr. Turner never really comes back. No, that's, I mean, that's, you know. Uh, and then the honeymoon is over. We talked about that episode when they get back from Hawaii and learn to have to grow up. Resurrection, the stuff with the baby. We didn't even mention the fact that Alan and Amy start to have another kid. Oh, yeah, that's, you know, also like pretty controversial at the time because they were so old. Like <laughs> They were so old and the baby gets put on life support. They don't make it like a like an easy thing for them. Yeah, Josh, I think Joshua is his name. Yep. Seven the hard way. Lose one friend, lose all friends, lose yourself. Uh, oh, yeah, that was yours. Yeah, uh, being a oh, good I just, one. I just watched this one today, Dangerous Secret, where... Oh, that, her... one's, that one's serious. That's when one of their friends, their dad is beating them. Yeah, I just watched that literally today. <laughs> And then brotherly uh, shove. That's when they get into a fight together. That one gets real, though. I don't like like, like again, like lots of these get real. But like there's an actual physical fight and like people are getting like elbowed and thrown over stuff like that one got me a little bit. Uh, it was also because like I was getting ready to go to like like a bigger school and I was like, <laughs> I was like so afraid of getting beat up, which I did a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just like it just like hit home too hard. So uh, we could just keep going down this list, but we've talked about a lot of these episodes. I want to talk about, because again, we're, we've reached the hour mark. This is bonus content. If you want to keep hearing, we're, we're going to stop talking about Boy Meets World and we're going to get into the expanded universe. So if you enjoy the conversation, but you don't give a fuck about Girl Meets World, you can turn it off now. Now we're going to go on to the sequel series, Girl Meets World. All right. If you still stuck around, it's Girl Meets World time. <laughs> I don't know what the song is. I keep hearing the Boy Meets World later on theme song in my head where they're all in the car. Uh, yes. One of the best theme songs ever. Yeah, exactly. Do you remember the original theme song? It was like this weird, like poppy, like like trumpet tune. Yeah. Not good. Long as fuck because they put everybody's name on the screen and then they stopped that after. I think that was the exactly. Yeah, but then Boy Meets World. Like I'm hearing the song. I'd sing it for you, but I wouldn't do it justice. (laughs) So, Girl Meets World. Yeah. What do you think about the sequel series overall? Yay or nay? Uh, yay! With thought, I'll say yay. <laughs> yay! With the most so, nay sounding. My favorite, my favorite episodes are the ones where the old cast is in it. You know, I, that, I think that's a big problem with the show. It kind of suffers the same thing that like Scrubs when they did the Next Class or Saved by the Bell, The Next Generation. All of those shows when they do these reboots, but the original cast just outshines the new one. 
and yeah. or the writers can't get past the idea that they get to have the original cast there because they just want to write the original show. And that was Girl Meets World for me. Like the new characters were interesting, but it was written for a younger audience. Whereas in Boy Meets World, we talked about was for the whole family. It aired TGIF, ABC. Girl Meets World was for Disney. And it was for I actually I I don't know who it was for because when it comes to the nostalgia, like there wasn't a huge nostalgic market for it because the people that loved the TGF, like we weren't quite old enough to be obsessed with it. And it was airing on Disney. And at the time, Disney plus wasn't a thing. It was hard to watch episodes of it if you didn't have Disney channel, but then the kids who were younger, they like, we didn't quite have kids that would be old enough to be into it yet. So that generation shift hadn't happened yet. So like our kids weren't interested in it because they were too young. So who was it for? And I think that's why it failed ultimately. The uh, the official demographic is seven to fourteen year old girls. <laughs> and the seventeen to fourteen year old girls, like they didn't care about the old cast because they weren't old enough to be aware of it, and their parents were old enough or weren't of the nostalgia like centric eighty year like eighty year olds, eighties or nineties kids who loved it and are just obsessed with reboots and and remixes. So they just didn't give a shit. And that's why it failed. Like it didn't have the viewership. It was like most of its viewership were people like me and you who were struggling to try to find it online. Right. Exactly. Like you could find a couple episodes, you know, and then not watch any of it. And then a couple more episodes. And I think it was on Netflix, Netflix for a short time. For a short time. And then eventually on Hulu. And I was able to get Disney did have stuff airing on a weird website. It was like a Buena Vista type home. Gotcha. Uh, one of their distributors, you could watch a few episodes, but then eventually you needed a cable login. I don't have a cable login. Well, so yeah, that stopped. was that was the problem that I had too. But um, so I I liked it. I think that I mean the showrunner they got the same they got the same crew back, like the writers and stuff like that. Uh, they kept on a lot of them, but they uh said you know at the end of I think it only had three three seasons. Four seasons, said, right? No, was uh, just three? three. I don't know, three or four. Um that they and they were about to start like becoming older they were gonna start like the more like the things that we really liked about boy meets world that they had done throughout the whole show even when they were young they were still dealing with controversial issues and and girl meets world dealt with like a few um maya's mom you know is a single mom and works all the time that's at a diner uh, of all places could they have made it any more stereotypical I, (laughs) i know um but you know so they're they do touch on issues like that but it wasn't necessarily to the same level um of of boy meets world i would say and so anyway so they came out and said like when it was canceled that uh they would be willing to take it somewhere like you know pitch it everybody does pitch it to netflix and stuff like that like if you picked up the rights to it or if you you know will we want to do something more adult with it we want to take it more in a direction that's they wanted to hit the high school years kind of like when when boy meets world i would say hit its stride exactly exactly and uh it sucks they never got that though because i would have been real all for that i would have watched that more because I thought that, like, I thought that, like, the uh, uh, casting of their daughter, um, Riley, Rowan Blanchard. Rowan Blanchard and Sabrina yeah. Carpenter were obviously the best parts of that series when it comes to the younger cast. Yeah. Like, I mean, that Aug- friend dynamic, but. Their son, Augie, was also. Okay, Augie, Augie was super adorable, but they overdid it. Yeah, he was, like, sort of like how Eric slept the comedy, but it was just in a child instead. And so, like, you didn't have that acting there. Like, Wilfred L has that timing and the charisma. And Augie, right. you know, like, not to his discredit, he's like six. Yeah, so it's not really, it doesn't come across the same. No, um, it's like when you try to watch Full House and you go back, and you're like, oh, this is just awful. Like, this is this show yeah. was never good. I don't know why I remembered it being good. <laughs> 
sorry, I know that's a hot take. We'll do an episode on Full House and Full House. I don't like I don't like Full House either. So. Well, yeah, I'll get somebody else on, I guess. Then, but I mean, <laughs> I'll think, talk like, about I'll talk about why I don't like it. But well, like Full House is the same issue for me. Like, when you watch that show, it doesn't know who it's for because it has like random like raunchy segments because it's on Netflix, so it can say things like, "Oh, we're gonna go upstairs and do it." But then all of the normal comedy is written for a seven year old, you know. And, and like this like super family PG, almost G demographic. So I'm like, you don't know who you're for, or who you're aiming at. You're just playing off the nostalgia because people who are actually in that age bracket don't care about the show. And the people who are older don't want to watch a children's program. Right. Like they've exactly. lost the idea of that family show and they just don't know how to do it. And I think well, because World suffered from that targeting demographics, you know, probably gives them more revenue than a whole family show does. Just, probably, I mean, probably in like, we can like, get know. into the, we could get into the esoterics of the devolution of the family and you know, people don't <laughs> spend as much time, but like the death of the nuclear family. That's this is our dissertation. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'll get off the soapbox, but <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hammer that, but like, that was why I fell off of it because. Oh, 100%. I did just, yeah, I, I liked I would tune in or I would read the the update articles when they would bring back somebody from the original cast. Like when they bring back Wilfred L's character, Eric, and he's, you know, he's running for office. I thought that was really cool and a natural progression. They brought back the kid that he tried to adopt, which is an episode we didn't talk about, but that's also oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Well, yeah. Per season, right? Because he doesn't just show up in one episode. It's a couple episodes, it's yeah. A couple because, episodes. But he ultimately makes the best choice for for the kid, I don't remember his name, but yeah, I don't remember his name. But then they bring bring him back in the politician episode, which also like I, the cynic in me, I'm like that is a pol- politician move right there. Oh yeah, kissing up. babies just added on. <laughs> kissing babies, and then like the kid who I almost adopted when I was 19 comes to give me good words. Although <laughs> in the show, it's played because Wilfred L doesn't know, like Eric doesn't know that that kid was going to show up. Right. So it yeah. is still a cool moment, but it was like wow. And like, but the natural progression of him becoming that Corey becoming a teacher was a really cool idea for the show and the obvious choice. But I think it was an interesting dynamic that he's like, he's trying to be Feeny. Yeah, that's I mean, I liked that, too. I thought that at first I wouldn't like that as much. I thought that it would be too cliche, like because no one could do it as well as Feeny did. And, and but, if, if they would have made him do it the same way, it wouldn't have worked. But it was the fact right, that he, but he takes his, Right. He takes his own like approach to it and his own form of meddling. And it's honestly yeah, but he didn't stop being like his, the slapstick comic was pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that it's his daughter, like that sort of changes the dynamics, too, because it's yeah, not like it's not Feeny... creepy. <laughs> OK, Feeny Feeny was not around. creepy. First of all, you take that back. There were moments where I was like, this is interesting that he's taking this much steak and <laughs> this kid's fine. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, when Angela comes back and we're supposed to get closure, like with Sean, she's, you know, I, I think she comes back, her f- dad has died. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And but it was cool because that was when Sean was dating Maya's mom. Right. But she's like married and, you know, has been married and whatever. And I was like sad because I really like Sean. <laughs> but, no, but, but I care more about that. Not everybody marries their high school sweetheart like Corey and Topanga did. Right. And I like that. I just really like the dynamic that they had. So I felt like, oh, they reconnect as adults and discover that they, you know, their interests are aligned. And then she's like, oh, wait, but I'm married. Like, and I was like, what the? <laughs> one, of, one of my favorite things about the show was the fact that they didn't just set up like, sh- like Sean and Maya's mom to be immediate things. Like, it was cool. The show was like, playing off that meta knowledge of we all want that to happen right but it is not going to be easy i thought that was it was interesting watching like what that was one of the few more adult storylines i was into where it was like oh like they clearly want them to hook up so then then we can all just be this huge family and sean and, and her were like i maybe i guess but like this is weird that you're rooting for this 
Yeah, but then it was weird because Sean was like, yeah, Maya, if you ever need anything, like, even when he wasn't dating her mom, like, yeah, you know, I'll be there for you because whatever, I grew up partially without a dad, you know, on and off, and then he died. It, exactly, and, they, like, it would be weird if it wasn't the show where he was the main character and we know he's altruistic. Right. Because just a random yeah. friend of your, a, a friend of New your teacher, friend's dad yeah. or whatever, exactly, yeah, exactly. was like, I'll be there for you. You're like, oh, I Sex need to call, yeah, I need to call an adult here soon, a different I, one. I also, um, I didn't like the setting as much. I didn't. No, the New York I, thing. I, yeah, I, maybe I just because it. we grew up in the Midwest and like we don't uh, relate to maybe. the city. I just liked the way that it was when they were in like Philadelphia, like in the suburbs, basically, you know, like in Philadelphia, but in the suburbs, like the things that they could get up to. Like, I mean, I guess, yeah, maybe. We still get into some shenanigans, but yeah, again, we just don't relate to that kind of shenanigans. Also, I just have the anxiety of like, you know, small when children they let her get the on the subway. And she's only you know, whatever, however. Isn't that, isn't that I, the thing in the first episode is that she can yeah, now ride the subway she, by herself? She can now ride the subway, and I'm like, what in the what kind of parent? These are not the people that I grew up watching. No, but isn't that kind of a an aspect of reality in New York? Is like it's kind of a necessity. Like eventually, like, if you need to get around, if you need to get to school or whatever, yes, like it, yes, Perry, yes, you're. I'm right. just like, <laughs> unlike us, like we're like we we lived in unincorporated middle of nowhere Michigan, you know, nowhere near any city, so like buses had to go down back roads to pick up one child and it took an hour and a half to go each way they can't do that in new york city so it's like you have to ride the subway <laughs> and she left the chat <laughs> yeah chelsea has left the chat but i agree uh, with you i didn't i didn't think that that setting was as conducive to the relationship they were trying to set up which is basically the same thing that happened in the original series and also that was the first part of it being way too serendipitous. Like they go to school with Minkus's like kid. Yeah. Who, you know, like they're not even in like this, like the same part of the country anymore. Well, not, not only that, but like heavy Maya try to be basically a direct copy of Sean yeah. to some extent. I didn't like, like it was just too forced almost. Like I liked the fact that her mom was a single mom and stuff like that. But like at the same time, it was almost tropey, like you know what I mean. Like, it yeah, was well, just... the entire thing was tropey, and Boy Meets World was never not tropey either. But because it was a direct copy, they didn't because those characters weren't as good. Like, I liked those kids, and they had a good dynamic. The show was still written for younger kids, so it didn't have that same wit that the that the original series did. So it was harder for us to enjoy it just as an adult. Which again, I know it sounds stupid. We're critiquing this children's show, but it was clearly kind of made for us to watch. Right. I mean, like, they, they, started... they brought back all those characters. Well, they started re-airing episodes of Boy Meets World too, like when the show was coming out. To like yeah, to garner, build, garner a bigger, yeah, bigger exactly. audience and to build hype. So what? So things we didn't like aside, what about what you did like with all these recurring characters? We talked about Eric. What about like when they brought back Harley? Yep, I liked that. Uh, I liked he's the janitor, right? Yeah, it was a little yeah, heavy-handed, he, but like it yeah. makes sense. Like the dude like repeated the the twelfth grade like fourteen times. Like <laughs> he's like it would end up a janitor. Teacher. And again, um, I, I say that as a former janitor, you as a former janitor, like yep, we are aware. True, yeah. It's also not nearly as bad of a job as people make it seem. Absolutely not. One of the best jobs I ever had. Shout out to one my of the best jobs you can have. Minus but... having to clean up shit off walls occasionally. Why and are kids so gross? <laughs> why? Why do people shit on walls? And like we say, shit off walls. You're like, oh, like like what? Like no, literal shit off walls. Just it's a thing uh... that people do. Anyways, and, yeah, <laughs> but also I think that we have a little bit of a skewed thing because some of our famous people are some of our favorite people on this planet were our janitors. 
Oh my god, I love Randy still. Best <laughs> boss ever. Best boss ever. Like he was he your was landlord my, for a little while. Yeah, he was my landlord for a long time when he was the coolest freaking landlord. I want I also want to know he was my landlord when I was in high school because like, I rented a house in high school. I mentioned okay. I didn't live in the van all of high school. I then rented a home from our janitor. <laughs> This is not your person of no consequence episode, Terry. Pipe so <sighs> down. It's just such a good story. But anyways, but like we we love the janitors and Harley coming back as janitor and being so thankful towards Corey. And that's what they used for the bullying episode. I thought was really neat. Yeah, and a really good way to bring it all the way around. Well, and to show that you can you know move past what you were at one point and yada yada. Yeah, but like again, while it was heavy handed, I still liked that message of that episode and, and the way they brought in a new character. Whereas, and sometimes when they would bring back other characters from before, it's like, okay, this entire episode, no one who hasn't seen the original series would care. Like when you watch the Christmas or Thanksgiving episodes, where they're just this is every single member who has ever appeared as a, a Matthews family, like you know, family member is now in this episode, and no one gives a crap. Because, like, you bring back Alan and Amy. I'm like, I love this. This is cool that they wanted to be a part of this. But this is not interesting for anybody who did not see the original series or just was not a gigantic fan. Well, exactly. Well, it's the same. I mean, I think it's season two when they first bring Feeney back, when he calls, yes. when Corey calls him. That, I mean, I loved it. Like, because he, you know, needs, needs advice. Or... It made sense for them to be there. And I guess a family setting makes sense for the family to be there. But uh, but again, I'm trying to not talk about the stuff I hated, but like it was <laughs> cool to see. They almost got back everybody. I can't think of anybody, you know, Maitland Ward aside that that would make sense to bring back that didn't come back. Did Jack come back for anything later on in the series that I miss? I don't think so. I'll ask I'll, or ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who are you going to ask? You call you call, you call <laughs> Matthew Lawrence. You know, we'll yeah. call Joey Lawrence and we'll get his we'll get Matthew's uh, number from him. Yeah, it doesn't say Jack Hunter. Oh, he is but, a guest. Oh, see, there you go. Let me see. Jack was also. Oh, he looks not good. Nah, he doesn't look as good as everybody else. So, like a lot of a lot of them like aged up so well. I have to send you. A and then I, I saw Matthew Lawrence. I was like, <laughs> oh, he doesn't look that good. Let me. I'm sending it to you because <laughs> it still looks better than us, though. I want to say, like, no offense to you. I'm not trying to put you in the same bucket as me, but uh. No, no, no. You're fine. But. <laughs> But I yes, I understand what you're saying. I uploaded it so you can look at it. Um, yeah, he just looks his age is the thing. Like he just still looks good in there. His jawline could still hurt me, but uh, anyway, um, where were we at? <laughs> the things that you liked, the people that came back. Oh yeah, I like the people that came back. I liked when they called Feeny for help. I I also like I liked Riley and Maya's friendship a lot. I mean, if we're doing positive stuff, um, I liked Maya's mom a lot. I thought that she like, was her... one of the most underrated actresses on the on the show because I actually think she outsigned Daniel Fishel. I don't think Daniel Fishel. I don't think she did. Yet. Yeah, I was actually just gonna say. I know that we're not talking about things that we didn't like, but I didn't really like her. Um, her. I liked her dynamic with Augie. I thought that was an interesting way to go it because, like, she was trying to be there for her for her kid, but you know, she's wasn't she a lawyer? She's a lawyer, yeah. Yeah, but like, so she was super busy. I thought that was an interesting way to go about it. I just didn't. I think I felt like she phoned it in a little bit on there. Yes, it sort of felt like forced, I guess. Yeah. More so than like her performance is obviously blaming. I didn't but... like the other kids in in their class, but I liked the dynamic they tried to set up with them. I liked that they had, yeah, I liked that they had like a, a different troubled kid that wasn't Maya, and he and Maya like you know face down about it a little bit almost. And yeah, the, had... some of the relationship drama they did was interesting. Like I didn't like the Lucas kid, but the way they did it was interesting. Well, I also thought it was interesting that like it was a it was a dynamic between her 
or between him and Maya and Riley. And yeah. that was something that we had never seen in Boy Meets World because that was actually one of my favorite parts. Now that you're saying that it's coming back because we had never seen Sean and Corey fight over a girl because Corey no. has been with Topango since, you know, the Stone Age. Yeah, exactly. Since season one, basically. Even when they went to the high school, like the first episode, like Corey goes and asks her out. And she's like, no, like, this, you're asking me out for the wrong reasons. But, like, that was, like, the first person he was like, listen, we already know each other. Let's try this. Exactly. Yeah, so there was uh, never, like, so that, that um, I almost said three-way, but that that, that, that is incorrect. The love triangle <laughs> was set up there for those kids were interesting. I hated the their back-in-time episodes, but I yeah. loved the idea that they still just wanted to write those. Like, that just yeah. seems like they really wanted to do some sort of displaced time fiction at some point in time. But and this is their only good. outlet for it. Yeah. <laughs> this is the only way they can get away with it anymore. Right. Because, like, and I think in this series, it was like they, they flash back and all of their grandparents were friends at Central Perk, basically. <laughs> like yeah, bas- yeah, they take the friends. Yeah. And I'm like, this is so stupid, but I love that they're still doing this. <laughs> like, I, like, the fact that they're still trying this. But the episodes were not as good. Yeah. No, no. Uh, was there anything else you you liked? I think that's about the end of my list for it. Sadly. Yeah, honestly, like it's an exhausted list. Like I feel mentally exhausted trying to think of all those things. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, it was cool that they got so many people back, and it was cool to see a revival of a show that I loved so much, and not just go, "We're going to reboot it." Like the, we're going to do a continuation, and we have an interesting idea for it. I thought that was really neat, and that they tried. I I think they were just a little early. I think if that show were to come out right now, maybe or, or a few years, I think it would do amazing. Or like you said, like if the targeted audience wasn't like, because a lot of the problems that I had with it was the targeted humor and stuff. What like you said wasn't for a family; it was for like. 10 year old girls and i was like exactly. this is never what the show that i originally liked was even like yeah you're right so maybe if they would have just aimed for a family it would have been even better or even if it just didn't air on the disney channel at the time because disney is notoriously up until disney plus was hard to maintain like they put their movies in vaults they put their shows like occasionally on streaming platforms and then just disappear off the face of the earth so <laughs> it just like it was hard to be a fan of the show in so many different ways agreed do you think it will ever have another shot? Do you think they could ever do another Girl Meets World, another Boy Meets World, another show in that universe, period? Um, I mean, Would you want to see that, I guess? If they do, I don't know if I would even want to see it. <laughs> um, which is, no, it's, it, that sounds terrible. I would, I would definitely like to see something, but I don't think that we will see anything that... I think that was just one shot. Yeah, and I think that if it would have been picked up like immediately by somebody like Netflix or Amazon even or something like that. And they would have kept the original cast and gave it like the, the more family feel more heavy, dark, like not 10 year old girl humor. Um, then it would have been eventually successful. Even if I didn't really care for the first three seasons that would have been done by Disney. Um, but as it stands, I don't think so. I don't think that they'll get everyone back together. And now at this point, like you would have to get, like Sabrina Carpenter is now she's like a famous musician, you know, she's touring and stuff like that. Yeah, she's, and... she, like I realized that she wasn't very big. Like when I started following her, it was like, oh, she also does music kind of like uh, uh, who is the Miranda Cosgrove from. Uh, yeah, exactly. It was like a very similar thing there. I was like, oh, so she's probably not going to take off. And then I found out like other people really liked her stuff, too. And I was like, oh, she actually might have a moment like not Ariana Grande moment, but she might like there's a right. chance for her. And I was like, right. oh, that's really cool. Like, so she she's taken like that's not gonna happen right so i just i mean at this point and it would need to right unless they 
right, right uh, unless Rowan Blanchard comes back and they move back to Philadelphia or something. <laughs> I could see them doing some sort of sequel series that focuses less on Rowan as the main character and just do another series on Corey and Sean and those guys being yeah. in their middle age. I could see them doing something like that. And I, I don't discount anything because of how meta that the, the writers like to do it and their, their brand of writing. I could see them having an idea for that and wanting to do it again or just a complete reboot, but the same crew and they cast Corey as like the dad or something where or it's like he just plays. It. <laughs> I, that's the, I don't think he, that, um, uh, what's it? Savage. Uh, I forget. Ben, ben ben I don't think he has the range to play a Feeny, but I could be yeah, wrong. That's, no, that's his true, brother, also, though, his brother could play a Feeny. Fred, he's the guy yeah. that is in the sexual assault episode. He, the it's he so plays. okay. Can I talk about <laughs> that for like, our final? We'll call this our final story, I guess, unless you have more tags. <laughs> no, but, that's fine. So I remember, I remember when it was airing. I was watching it live, and they made such a big deal about how Ben Savage's real life brother was going to be on the show, and Fred Savage was known for being in the Wonder Years and a bunch of other big comedies in the early or early nineties, late eighties. The Princess Bride. A, the Princess Bride, my favorite movie of all time, and, or I guess up there. It might be tied with When Harry Met Sally, but. <laughs> both uh, both Rob Reiner, but anyways, um, Fred Savage is going to be on there. I was so excited. I'm like, this is going to be so cool because I had never really watched The Wonder Years, but my sisters and my parents loved it, so they were super hyped. But the way that they build it was just that he was going to be on. They didn't say that he was going to not play any sort of relative, that he's going to play a, a substitute teacher and then play a creepy one at that who comes on to Topanga, and it's going to be an extra special episode where he plays a shithead. Exactly. Like, you didn't say any of that at all. So I was not <laughs> expecting that. And I was so, I was disappointed and betrayed. But he played it so well. Like, he, yeah. he is such a good actor. He doesn't even act any, anymore. He does a lot of producing and writing, actually. And he's directs. But I'm like, you are, like, missed opportunity. Because, man, that dude is good. Yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely, like... I mean, like, the whole episode, two. I mean, speaking of first, like, it was the first time I think I saw it. And it was probably just because they were in college and I was only, like, you know, 10. But, right. <laughs> but like, saw somebody tackle sexual assault like that. Yeah. And, like, he feels guilty and doesn't want to tell anyone. And then, Yeah, she has that, vic like, the like the victim shame kind of thing happening. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, she's like, oh, did I accidentally come on to him? And, you know, that's not really what happened at all. He was in a position of power, you know, even at a college level where they're similar in age. Like... Not to like throw it out there like again, like this was like some amazing thing, but it did make several students at our high school speak up about a couple of things that was happening uh, to my sister's class to one of their teachers. And like it actually caused some change to happen because like not again, not just because they saw that episode or anything, but it had a part of it. Like I remember my sister telling me about how like, no, like her and her friends wanted to speak up about this teacher because of that episode. Like it kind of gave them the courage for it. So it's like it while it was a silly show and the extra special episodes were extra special with their heavy hands and they mixed <laughs> Fred Savage and they wasted his potential to be a comedic gold mine. Like it made a difference. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I, I think you can tell. And again, if you, if you didn't know what the story, this like podcast was going to be about, it's just like, we're obsessed with things, the nostalgic things that hit you right in the feels. And we can talk about boy meets world and girl meets world for two hours. Um, easily. <laughs> and it, so if you like this brand check out our other stuff i'm not going to plug a million things in this episode because you know what I, I might throw in a tag later on check out our 
all of our other shows on campykilledcreations.com. But specifically, if you like this, we're going to do more of this. This is not the only show that we're obsessed with. We said that we didn't like Fuller Fuller House, and we still almost talked about it for five minutes straight. I mean, I can talk about how I don't like it for like an hour straight. My sister is obsessed with it, and so it's been a dividing line in my household for a long time. So we're definitely going to do an episode on Full House. So those are the kind of things that you can look forward to. And if you made it this far, I just want to say thank you. <laughs> you might want to check out our other stuff. Chelsea, do you have anything else to add? I don't think so. I'm going to go eat some roast now. All right, you go eat some roast. This has been Right in the Fields, and we're out.